You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. the throne. He will never leave the throne. I see the Lord seated on the throne. Wow. I see him. Can you imagine that? What a sight that must have been. I can imagine. You remember what it did to Isaiah? What did it do to Isaiah? I see the Lord seated on the throne and the train of his robe filled the temple with glory and smoke came out. And what happened? He fell to his knees. Woe is me. Woe is me. I'm an unclean man living in a land of unclean lips. Have you ever been to court? Do you think the judge was fair regardless of how he ruled? Well, in today's message, Pastor Dave shares about how God rules justly in the area of sin. You must realize that God is always on the throne and will show grace to you when you turn to Him and away from sin. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Kings chapter 22 as he continues his message, Judgment Has Come. They sat on their throne at the threshing floor. It's an ancient custom. This is where they judge. They judged at the gate. They judge at the city gate at the threshing floor. This is, it was custom. They made decisions there. Who sat at the city gate and made judgments in the Old Testament? Lot sat at the gate and made judgments. He sat at the gate. This is where judgments are made. These unfaithful prophets like Zedekiah, they prophesied in the name of the Lord, but they didn't prophesy truthfully. You know, many commentators believe that these prophets were pagan prophets, maybe representing Baal or even Ashtoreth or somebody else. But, but they clearly weren't prophesying in the name of the Lord. Maybe they were true followers of Yahweh at one time. But they were seduced by Ahab and Jezebel. And they, had, they saw Ahab's shallow repentance back in uh, 1 Kings 21. But then they began to align themselves with Ahab and everything he did was perfect and it would never come against them. They were afraid. We see this today. I'm sorry, we see this today. We see strong Christians, men and women who teach, men, men who stand before people and teach the word of God. And all of a sudden, they're drifting and they're fading and they're, they're teaching something else other than the gospel and they're even renouncing Jesus Christ. And they're saying horrible things. We see this. And it's a sad thing and it breaks my heart to see good men, solid Christians at one time, men who led many people to the Lord. And now all of a sudden they've taken a a, a different turn and they're going a different way. They're following a different God than we know. And people are following them by the droves. Could this be the great apostasy that was predicted, the great falling away? I don't know. But it's very grieving to me, especially when I see young people following these guys. Very sad. Very sad. Zedekiah puts the horns on his head. It must have been pretty cool. What an object lesson, right? You guys are going to gore him. You're going to go up there and you're going to get him. Horns of iron illustrate two thrusts of powerful forces. Ahab and Jehoshaphat. They're all praising. Then comes Micaiah. Let's look at 13 through 16. Then the messenger who had gone to call Micaiah spoke to him saying, Now listen. 
The words of the prophets with one accord encouraged the king. Please, let your word be like the word of one of them and speak the encouragement right away. You see, he's being bullied into making a decision. He's being bullied. You got to, 400 of these guys said that it's okay. Come on, you got to agree. You got to agree with them. And Micaiah said, as the Lord lives, whatever the Lord says to me, that I will speak. You got to love this guy. <laughs> you really got to love this guy. And, and, and picture this. 400 other prophets, Ahab, Jehoshaphat, and who knows who else is around the threshing floor watching all this. They all said, go for it, king. Yeah, we're behind you. Go for it. The Lord has given you it to it. Come on, go for it. Micaiah comes up there and says, ah, whatever the Lord tells me, I'm going to tell you. Wow. That's a true heart. That's a true prophet of God. That's a true prophet of God. Because, you know, not all, all prophecy is go get them, boy. That's a true prophet of God. As the Lord lives, the assistants of King Ahab tried to persuade him. Come on, speak with these guys. We're all of one accord. They pull this poor guy out of prison. They pull this poor guy out of prison because in, in verse 26, it indicates that he came from prison. He pulls this guy out. He's in rags and chains and stands before these two guys and says, I'm ready to speak, but I'm only going to speak to what the Lord says to me. I love this guy. He says, go and prosper, for the Lord will deliver it into your hand, king. Yeah. When Micaiah said this, the tone was probably mocking and sarcastic. Listen, let's read a couple more chapters here. Where were we? And Micaiah said, as the Lord lives, whatever the Lord says to me, that will I speak. Then he came to the king, and the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth-Gilead, or shall we refrain? And he answered him, go and prosper, for the Lord will deliver it into your hand of the king. So the king said to him, How many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? <laughs> and then he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains, all the sheep as, with, as sheep with no shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let each return to his house of peace. He demands that you tell me the truth. He's mocking him, first of all. Yeah, let's all go up, sure. But this is what I saw. This is what I saw. This is what the Lord told me. I saw the Lord. I saw Israel scattered on the mountains as a sheep without a shepherd. Israel scattered. What was he saying? He's saying, there's not going to be any king of Israel anymore. They're all going to be running around looking for you, and you're not going to be there. Israel was scattered. Micaiah was challenged to tell the truth, and tell the truth he did. He told the truth. And he changed his tone from mocking to serious. He said that only Israel would be defeated, but also their leader would perish, the shepherd. Did I not tell you that he would prophesy no good concerning me, he said? Look at the next chapter. And the king said, of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell you that he would prophesy concerning me but evil? <laughs> and then he comes against these 400 prophets. Let's read 19 to 23. Then Micaiah said, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. Who does that sound like? Who does that sound like? Isaiah, chapter 6. I see the Lord seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. I love that. He said, I saw the Lord seated on the throne. What this tells me is the Lord is seated on the throne. The Lord will not abdicate his throne. He is on the throne then. He's on the throne now, and he will be on the throne forever. Don't ever think that he's going to abdicate the throne. He will never leave the throne. I see the Lord seated on the throne. Wow. 
I see him. Can you imagine that? What a sight that must have been. I can imagine. You remember what it did to Isaiah? What did it do to Isaiah? I see the Lord seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple with glory, and smoke came out. And what happened? He fell to his knees. Woe is me. Woe is me. I'm an unclean man living in a land of unclean lips. Wow. When he saw the Lord clearly, and this is what happens when we see the Lord, when we see the Lord clearly, the first thing we see is our sin. The first thing we see is our unworthiness. The first thing we see is our uh, depravity. Oh, I'm unclean, Lord. The nation is unclean. I'm standing before you unclean. You're letting me see you, and I, I'm unclean. Help me. Took the coal from the altar, touched his lips, made him whiter than snow. Beautiful picture. Micaiah says, I saw the Lord, and he was seated on the throne. And all the host of heaven was standing by on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, who will persuade Ahab to go up that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead? No one spoke in this manner and another spoke in that manner. The spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him, in what way? So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, you shall persuade him and so also prevail. Go and do so. Therefore, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours. And the Lord has declared disaster against you. Well, how could one prophet be right and 400 guys be wrong? Prophets, how can that happen? Many think this might be a parable, but it's more likely that... Micaiah had an actual glimpse as a prophet. He might have had an actual glimpse of the Lord. Now you have to remember that this spirit comes down. It, it's not a good spirit. It's a lying spirit. That tells you it's not a good spirit. It is a lying spirit. How did he get there? How did that spirit get there? Doesn't the Lord hate evil presence? Hmm. Well, according to Scripture, Satan's there all the time, isn't he? In Job, Satan's up in the throne room, prancing around. Have you considered my servant Job? Oh, you got him covered up. So evil comes before God. Evil can be there. Passage shows that God can allow evil in his presence. Though we have no fellowship with evil, and one day evil will be removed completely from his presence in Revelation. It'll be gone completely. Who will persuade Ahab to go that he may fall? That he may fall. God wanted to bring judgment against Ahab. So he asked this group of heaven to volunteer to lead Ahab into battle. I'll go, says the lying spirit and all his prophets. Apparently one of the falling angels said, I'll go. I'll volunteer for the task. Since Ahab wanted to be deceived, he was buying into these 400 guys. See, what does this tell me? If you want to believe the lie, God says, believe the lie. Ahab wanted to believe the lie. Ahab wanted to believe the lie. So God gave him what he wanted. You want to believe these 400 guys? Go ahead. Here's my prophet. You choose. Well, 400 to 1, I can count. I'm going to go with these guys. All right. God probably said, let me know how that works out for you. Verse 24. Now Zedekiah, the son of Kamal, went near and struck Micaiah on the cheek and said, which way did the spirit from the Lord go from me to speak to you? 
And Micaiah said, Indeed, you shall see that day when you go into an inner chamber to hide. So the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah and return him to Ammon, the governor of the city, and Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus says the king, Put this fellow in prison and feed him with bread of affliction and water of affliction until I come in peace. But Micaiah said, If you ever return in peace, the Lord has not spoken by me. And he said, Take heed, all you people. Wow. Wow. Anybody know what God says is supposed to be done to false prophets? Anybody know? Stoned to death. They're supposed to be stoned to death. A false prophet is supposed to be stoned to death according to God's word. And that's what basically Micaiah is saying. Hey, if you come back, then the Lord didn't talk to me and I'm false, so you can do whatever you want. This, this guy is cool. I don't want to meet this guy. I want to meet him. If you return... <laughs> I messed up big time. (laughs) So let's read 29 through 30. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and go into battle. But you put on the robes. (laughs) Come on. Come on. You don't see the humor in this? Mr. Brave and Mr. Tough Guy says... I'm going to disguise myself as one of the warriors, but you put on all your robes in gala. When you're in a battle, who do you go for? The king. He looks like a king. We're going to go for him. This guy, I love this guy. Ahab's a shyster, man. He's good. So the king disguised himself and went into battle. So, come on. He didn't want to believe Micaiah's prophecy, and he wanted to courageously oppose it, but when push come to shove, he probably kind of believed the prophecy, so he wanted to hide. What a wuss. Come on. Come on. He should have believed the prophecy of Micaiah, known that the battle would end in disaster and the death of at least Ahab. It may be that Jehoshaphat had a fatalistic viewpoint towards the will of God, figuring that, well, if it's God's will, nothing or anything else can do anything about it. But I'm going to disguise myself, Jehoshaphat. You put on your royal robe so everybody knows that you're king. Let me hang this bullseye on your back, too. I want people to know who you are. I love it. I love it. Look at 31 through 36. Now the king of Syria had commanded the 32 captains of his chariots, saying, Fight with no one small or great, but only with the king of Israel. There you go. He knew that if you killed the king, the rest would fall. That's the way battles are. He knew that. He knew that if you killed the king, the rest would fall. Do you, do you, do you remember the movie The Patriot? In the movie The Patriot, um, um, who was the guy? Mel Gibson only went and killed the leaders of the group first. And when he had the meeting with Cornwallis, Cornwallis said, you're not a gentleman because you're killing officers first. <laughs> you know, you always go for the boss. You always try to take the general out. One of the first people killed at Gettysburg on the first battle of the first day was a general in the Union Army. You shoot the general and you get him down and everybody else, remember? What did they say would happen when Ahab died? Sheep without a shepherd. They would scatter. You kill the shepherd, the sheep scatter. That was the same theory that Jesus said. That was the same theory that they tried to do with Jesus. Kill the shepherd, the sheep scatter. So... Only the king of Israel. So it was when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, they said, surely it's the king of Israel. Therefore they turned aside to fight against him and Jehoshaphat cried out 
And it happened when the captains of the chariot saw that it was not the king of Israel, they turned back from pursuing him. Now a certain man drew a bow at random and struck the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. So he said to the driver of his chariot, Turn around and take me out of this battle, for I am wounded. The battle increased that day, and the king was propped up in his chariot facing the Syrians and died that evening. And blood ran out of the wound onto the chariot floor of the chariot. Then as the sun was going down, a shout went out through the army saying, Every man to his city, every man to his own country. Let's read the rest of it. So the king died and was brought to Samaria, and they buried the king in Samaria. And then someone washed the chariot at the pool of Samaria, and the dogs licked up his blood while the chariots bathed, according to the word of the Lord which he had spoken. Now the rest of the acts of Ahab and all that he did, the ivory house in which he built, and all the cities which that are built, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Ahab rested with his fathers, then Isaiah the son reigned in his place. Josephat cries out, and they recognize that it's not who they want. So they leave him alone. They leave him alone, and they go back. But it's interesting, when we get to 2 Chronicles 8, he records this event, and 2 Chronicles 8 records and makes it very, very clear that when Josephat cried out, the Lord heard his voice and rescued him. The Lord heard Jehoshaphat's voice and rescued him. Some guy just shoots at random. <laughs> when it's your time, it's your time. When the Lord says it's over. Some guy just says, I'm going to shoot it in the air. I shadow in, shot an arrow in the air. Who was that? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyhow, he shoots this arrow in the air and it finds this mark. It finds this mark between the armor. God orchestrated the unintended actions of this man that result in to exercise his judgment. They propped the king up on the chariot so the army would continue to fight. It reminds me of a better time when they were coming out of Egypt and there was a great war. And I'm, I'm the scholar, I'm not about who was fighting who, but I know the, the, the um, Israelites or probably like the Ammonites or somebody like that. There was this great war. And Moses was up on a hill. And he was up on a hill. And as long as he had his hands up with his staff, Israel prevailed. But when he got tired and went like this, two men came behind him and lifted up his hands and Israel prevailed again. So it's the king. When, when they see the king, that's why they propped him up. So they would continue to fight him. Oh, the king's not dead. So Ahab, God's word is fulfilled. Ahab passes away. He returned to Samaria and Israel in peace. And Micaiah's word was true. Now remember, in 1 Kings 21, 19, Elijah prophesied that the dogs would lick his blood. That was prophesied in 1 Kings 21, 19. Now, this was partially fulfilled. It was true, but he didn't know when it would happen or where it would happen. And God relented from his original judgment that he pronounced against Ahab, and, but because of his false re repentance and continued to sin, then judgment came upon him. Another prophecy fulfilled in the death of Ahab, it was the word of the anonymous prophet in 1 Kings 20, 42, that Ahab spared Benadad's life at the expense of his own. Remember, God said, you let him go. I'm not going to let you go. It was your job to kill him. So we see this happening. So now it takes a turn, and we finish out the chapter in 41 through 50 about Jehoshaphat's reign. We learn a little bit more about Jehoshaphat. We'll read. 
Jehoshaphat, the son of Asa, had become king over Judah in the fourth year of Ahab, king of Israel. Jehoshaphat was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Azubah, and the daughter of Shilhai. And he walked in all the ways of his father Asa. He did not turn aside from them, doing what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Nevertheless, the high places were not taken away, for the people offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. Also, Jehoshaphat made peace with the king of Israel. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat and the might that he showed and how he made war, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And the rest of the perverted persons who remained in the days of his father, Asa, he banished from the land. There was then no king in Edom, only a deputy of the king. Jehoshaphat made merchant ships to go to Orphir for gold, but they never sailed, for the ships were wrecked at Izan, Gibar. Then Ahiah, the son of Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, Let my servants go with your uh, servants in the ships. But Jehoshaphat would not. And Jehoshaphat rested with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father. Then Jerome, his son, reigned in his place. Azahiah, the son of Ahab, became king over Israel and Samaria. In the 17th year, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned two years over Israel. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and the way of his mother and in the way Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who had made Israel sin. For he served Baal and worshipped him and provoked the Lord God of Israel to anger according to all his father had done. So when we get into Second Chronicles, they will elaborate on all of the things we just read. Jehoshaphat didn't take down the high places. He did reform things, but he didn't take down the high places. He got rid of all the perverted people. He he banished them from the land, but he didn't take down the high places, and this was held against him. He wanted to have these ships to go for Ophir. Remember when uh, Solomon went to Ophir for gold, and, and they got the gold thing? Well, he wanted to do the same thing. In first In Second Chronicles 20, we hear more about this. And another, his son, Jehoram, reigned in his place. But the sins of the father continued to haunt the sins of the son. Evil reign of King Azahiah of Israel, the son of Ahab. He reigned for two years over Israel. Two long years. He began 22 years. Ahab reigned 22 years, but his son only reigned two years. Interesting. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. The book of 1 Kings ends on a low note, began with the promise of the twilight of Israel's greatest king, King David. It ends with a sad note, one of the most wicked kings over all the kingdoms, and the tribes are still divided. Began with a man after God's own heart, sitting on the throne of a united Israel. And it ends with two godless kings on the thrones of a divided kingdom. Such is the history of Israel. And a lot of this is history. And I know we can get bogged down in the history, but the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And some of the things that we can learn from these things, we can apply to today's scriptures and to today's being. And we need to look at these. That's why we go through these things. There's nothing boring about the Old Testament. It can come alive if you read it correctly and study it. And I always challenge you, go back. Go back and restudy this chapter. See what the Lord might say to you about each When I'm studying, I only write down the various things that the Lord shows me or wants me to speak about. And there are other things that might come out to you, and that's okay. 
That's okay. Study as the Lord shows you and study as He guides you. You are a sure We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in 1 Kings or jump to another book of the Bible. Each book gives some useful insight into God's plan for you and the world you live in. We trust that Assure Hope is an encouraging program for you, and if you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us. If you happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to meet you in person for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m., and you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand and we'd still love for you to be part of our church family virtually. You can join us for Church Online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at AssureHopeRadio.com and don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but we are grateful that you were a part of our listening audience today. Be sure to join us again next time for more from First Kings right here on Assure Hope.